potential right here on TDN Radio. My name is Dr. Simone and I hope that your week is off to a wonderful start. So how are you doing today? I hope that you have wonderful plans for the Thanksgiving um, holiday if you're here in the U.S. And from the looks of it, I can tell many people have wonderful plans for the Thanksgiving holiday because I was out earlier and the stores are just completely packed with people shopping for the Thanksgiving holiday. But I also hope that we are paying attention to the recommendations by the scientists who tell us that we should not gather with anyone who does not live in our immediate household. So again, I'm going to we're going to follow the recommendations of the scientists and I just keep thinking to myself that we're so close to the end of this whole COVID um, crisis that if we just hold, hang in there a little longer and probably wait through January, February, March, um, we should start seeing people getting vaccinated. And I just keep thinking that next year at this time, God willing, um, we will be in a better shape. So let's just hang in there. Let's just hang in there for a little longer. Let's be patient. Let's follow the science and hopefully things will be on the up and up come um, spring to the summer of next year. So again, it is so great to be with you here today for another episode of Untapped Potential. You know, we come here each and every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time for our me time, just some time to put away the stress and the worries of whatever is going on in our lives and spend some time focusing on us, our goals, our aspirations, and what we want just for our personal lives that does not include anybody else. So welcome to our me time. Welcome to our virtual support community and welcome once again to Untapped Potential. As always, we have a wonderful show for you um, today. Uh, we will be joined by Brother Sharif Hamid, and he will tell us all about the importance of preserving our mental health at this time, especially with the holidays 
coming up right around the corner, the importance of just making sure that we take care of ourselves mentally and that we are staying positive, we're staying upbeat, and we're also paying attention to any stress, any worries that might be affecting our ability to just be ourselves. So we're looking forward to having a conversation with him. We're looking forward to hearing all the, the great information he will share with us. And then once we've had a chance to speak with uh, Brother Sheriff, we will also spend some time on just talking about the ways to improve our moods. Uh, this is going to certainly be a difficult time for many in our communities who unfortunately do not have a company to spend this time with. So I want us to spend some time just talking about the importance of uh, creating a, a good environment in our homes and also the importance of reaching out to others, connecting with others, because we have to admit that as humans, we have the human condition of not um, being built to be alone. So we're not built to be alone. So how are we connecting? How are we staying connected with important people in our lives during this time of COVID-19? So I'm looking forward to spending this time with you. As always, we want to thank our sponsor, Peregrine Care Management, for their generosity in sponsoring this program. Uh, that is a medical consulting company here in McDonough, Georgia. So we are very happy for their support. So let us go ahead and welcome Brother Sharit into the program as we enjoy this number from, let's see who we will have today, as we enjoy this number from Terrace Riley, a song entitled My Day. So Thanks for life, give thanks for life. Oh, chimney, chimney. Uh. Today, my rise like the sunrise, my bright and my upright. No one can broke my vibes. I may not care who I fight, I know I criticize, I'm on a higher heights. So you can say what you want to and do what you want to, it's no concern to me. But I'm have my own vision, my depth on my own mission to rule my destiny. Oh, it's my day to do anything I want to It's my time and I'll use it any way I want to It's my life and I'm responsible for every action It's all mine, my day, my time, my life I beg you, easy enough, give me some reason And don't invade my space I'm in a different place, different place Moving on my way So if you feel like a champion Then nothing can go wrong This one is your song Hey, Put away your troubles Put away your worries Help me sing along Oh, it's my day To do anything I want to It's my time And I'll use it any way I want to It's my life And I'm responsible for every action It's all Look out world, here we come, up and running 
potential today. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're joining us from, and what your profession is. Mm -hmm. Joining from uh, here in York, PA, which is about um, in between Baltimore, about 45 minutes from Baltimore, about an hour and a half from Philadelphia. So we're a small town right in between those two uh, major cities. Uh, my profession is uh, um, a child uh, child mental health uh, therapist, but I do work with adults, but particularly specialize um, with youth. Okay. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. so do you work in a school setting or do you have your own practice? Um, I'm what you call a mobile therapist. So I go into schools with uh, youth that, you know, have mental health and behavior issues. Um, I can go into their home or uh, anywhere in the community. So it's kind of a new way of uh, you know doing therapy they call it mobile therapist oh that is certainly very interesting i never heard about that before so that is mm -hmm. certainly very interesting so about how many children do you say you work with on average um i have a caseload of about 10 to 15. okay okay that's very mm -hmm. interesting now normally what are some of the um cases look like for you because i want to kind of compare what mental health looked like before COVID and now that we're facing COVID. So give us an, some examples of what if, um, what did some of the cases looked like for you before COVID. Um, uh, you mean uh, as far as their diagnosis or? Yeah, exactly. So what were, right. Most of them are um, uh, ADHD, um, Oppositional defiant disorder, um, impulsive impulsivity, um, reactive detachment disorder, um, separation from parents. Most of it is ADHD. Right, right, right. And how has how has your ability to provide services to your clientele how has it changed since COVID nineteen with the schools schools being physically closed and all that? Yeah, it was it was really rough in the beginning because all the schools were shut down, uh, daycares and community centers uh, were shut down. So um, just like we're doing um, this talk here, it was mostly through uh, Zoom, Google Duo, Facebook Messenger, any you know uh, way to communicate through this technology was the only way that I could um, service them. So you know, thank God for this new technology it's been on the horizon for the last 
I don't know, a year or two, else I would have been out of a job. Right, certainly. And, and more importantly, you're still able to um, service your clientele, which is uh, very important. So was there a particular reason why you were interested, why you went into this particular field? Um, came into it kind of a strange way, but I don't believe in, you know, coincidences. I used to be um, uh, a pest control technician. And um, when I moved to uh, North Carolina, I used to, uh, one of my clients was a, um, she was a trauma therapist, a white lady. And um, a lot of her clients were um, people who were displaced from Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. And when I would go to her house, um, the technicians that were before me, um, they would always need a code to get into her house because she had this long driveway and when I went there, she started kind of uh, using me as her counselor. She would vent, she would vent to me all the time because she would. They say you know counselors and therapists need a counselor and therapist. Yes. You know, so she would vent to me so much that um, when I would get back to the office and they would look at my time sheet, they would start joking with me, saying, "What's going on with you and Mrs. So and So? It doesn't take that long." to be at her house, you know, so they <laughs> implicating that something was going on. And I told him, I was like, what do you want me to do? When she goes there, she sits me down and wants to talk. Like, what am I supposed to do? Be rude and just walk away. And then she said, um, she called me brother Sharif too. She said, uh, you should be a counselor or a therapist. You're a good listener. You know, how some, some things just kind of resonate with you. It just kind of yeah. sat with me. I was like, Man, I was like, what I got to do, you know, to do that? And then she started telling me. So first I went to school for um, criminal justice. That was my undergrad. And then I went for my master's in counseling and therapy. But she kind of opened up the door. I never really thought about it until she mentioned it. That is amazing. So she pretty mm -hmm. much opened up a whole new world to you that you did not mm -hmm. even know you were interested in at the time. Yeah, I mean, every time I went there, she was just, you could tell that she had, a, you know, a lot to get off of her mm -hmm. chest because she was a therapist. But you could imagine being a trauma therapist. They see, you know, a lot of trauma. They deal with a lot of, um, you know, issues. Um, so she needed someone to vent to. Every time I went there, you know, that's what it was. You know? Right. So, so it's like it's like the profession calls you. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's very mm -hmm. interesting. So I know that you do a lot of work, uh, mental health related, but in particular, mental health for men. And I think the work that you're doing is so wonderful because we have so many strong men, especially strong black men in our mm -hmm. communities, and they never really tell us what's going on internally. So tell us a, a little bit more about the work you do in that area. Mm -hmm. So uh, since June 28th of this uh, summer, uh, we started a mental health walk here um, in York, PA, back in the beginning of the, of the summer, uh, where men from the community um, come together at a historic Penn Park here, which is a historic park, and we just walk to different parts of town and we talk about, you know, our mental health. We, you know, we uh, talk together, we come together. And sometimes at the end of the walk, we'll uh, go back to a, um, to like a social club and we'll talk and break down how our week was, how we've been doing. Sometimes we'll have brunch. 
and um, it's it's really been growing. And as we go to different parts of town, we'll identify different historical parts of town. We have a local historian that walks with us. His name is uh, Mr. Jeff Kirkland, and he'll say, "Here's the history of this or that." And I mean, we just talk, and a lot of brothers have been opening up about their mental health when they weren't really doing it before. So it's been really powerful. Yeah, certainly. And I actually got to know you through Dr. Dale Dangleberry. And I know sometimes he uh, joins you guys on the walks. So how often are you doing these walks, these mental health uh, walks? We do it every Sunday at 9 a.m. Oh, that's Every amazing. Sunday at meet at the park and, you know, we, we walk to different parts of town. We pick a different route, mm-hmm. you know, every week. Uh, we have um, an elder, he holds up a sign, a red, black, and green sign. It says uh, mental health walk for men. And then we have wow. another that has a red, black, and green flag. Um, I mean, it's really, you know, it's really oh, powerful. Oh, that is powerful. And on average, how many people would you say is usually uh, on the walks with you guys? 10 to 15, sometimes 20. Okay. And yeah. is it only men? It's, it's reserved it's for a, only men? It's only men, but. Uh, last week, women started their own walk out of off of the strength of what we're doing. Now they do it at a different time, um, but now the women have started it. And I've been hearing that people in some local cities want to start or join on with us. Yeah, so it sounds like you're onto something here. Now, have you thought of making this an organization, a formal organization? For yes, mental uh, health in, the, in the doc, we had a. Um, we had a long talk in a group meeting just this past week. We have it in the making of uh, coming up with a formal name, um, you know, and really, you know, making it official. You know, like you said, I, I didn't really think it would turn into that. It's just I do a lot of meditation, um, and it's just something that came to my mind, you know, um, you know, a couple of weeks back. And, you know, I never thought it would, you know, turn into this. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're quite, you're on quite a trajectory to get this into a major organization. Now, without um, you know imposing on anybody's privacy, can you tell us a little bit of some of the issues that are coming up with the men as you're walking and talking? What are some of the issues that are on the forefront of their minds? Stress on the job, um, you know, personal relationships, um, um, history of how they dealt with mental health, trauma, and conflict resolution as they grew up, relationships or lack of relationships with their father. Um, those are some of the things that have been coming up and how to deal, um, how to deal with stress. And um, just me, you know, doing, you know, a lot of counseling and therapy and community work, um, I'm very observant and I knew just from my own experience, how black men, you know, hold in, you know, a lot of um, mental health. It's a, it's something that many black men don't talk about and they don't know how to talk about it or it makes them feel weak or vulnerable. So I, in some of my podcasts on my, on my podcast called The Hour of Power, I talk about um, us opening up and how detrimental it is not only to ourselves, but to our uh, family if you don't, you know, open up and, you know, discuss mental health, it doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you um, less of a man. It makes you more of a man because now you're in touch with your feelings and emotions. So that's what kind of drove me to, 
you know, reach out to them and encourage them to come out. Yeah, and you're doing some incredible work. But before we continue, if anyone is just joining us, uh, we are speaking to Brother Sharif Hamid out of Pennsylvania. And we are very happy that he's with us today because he's a mental health professional working with both young people. And now I think he is on to something incredibly important by having these mental health walks with men. And now it's also um, spun into Mental Health Walks for Women, which is a separate group. And we're just talking about how important the work that he is doing is um, right now. So Brother Sharif, you mentioned your podcast. Tell us a little bit more about some of the other work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have a TV show here in York, PA, um, entitled The Hour of Power, and I have a podcast. Um, the TV show comes on every uh, Wednesday at 8 p.m. on my Facebook page. And then if you're in a local area, it um, comes on a local TV channel. Um, and then I have a podcast where I talk about um, social issues like mental health, uh, police brutality, uh, education. I really push black business. Um, I do that on both um, but the um, TV show is more about the community, pushing black business, mm -hmm. uh, education. And then the podcast, I get a little more rough and rugged on there, a little more raw on there. But I still talk about social issues that um, affect our people. But it's more uncut, um, you know, and raw on that one. But the TV show is about, is about the community. And it formed a brother in North Carolina, helped me develop it back in 2016. Um, I was just doing some talks, and this was with the birth of Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. Around 2016, 2017, Facebook Live started to um, really get popular. But before that, I was just, you know, doing some talks in the community at, you know, different uh, churches, uh, community centers, whatever. And uh, I used to be the Black History instructor for North Carolina Central University, which is a historically Black college. So, uh, brother had saw me there and he was like, man, you should make a YouTube channel out of those talks that you do. And I didn't really know how to use it. And um, he said, yeah, give me some time. I can create a channel for you. And he created it and he said, what do you want to call it? And I was like, I don't know. He was like, well, you usually talk for about an hour. He was like, won't you revolve around that? I said, well, how about the hour of power? He said, yeah, it is powerful. So we came up with that. And I started interviewing people, just going to wherever they were, you know, people doing things in the community. Um, so that started growing. And then when I relocated back to uh, Pennsylvania, where I was born here, a brother um, by the name of Mike Dowry, he said, yeah, I seen what you was doing in North Carolina. He said, we have a TV station here. He said, why don't you, um, I can introduce you to the producer there and you can start your own TV show. And I was like, do you hear the way that I talk? <laughs> he was like, uh, yeah, he said, just clean it up a little bit and we can, you know, you should be able to make it work. So then I contacted my good friend, his name is Ty Prince. He's the one that helped me form it back in Durham, North Carolina. I said, yeah, this guy um, approached me about starting a TV show. I said, what do you think? And he, he was like, yeah, you know, go for it. I said, man, you, you know the way I talk. I can get kind of raw sometimes. He said, no, this is the way you do it. He said, you create a podcast uncut, just straight raw, just give it to them raw, just the way you are, 
but the TV show, since that's guided by FCC and all that, you can't be using no colorful language. He said, you make that about the community. Mm-hmm. That you say very little, then they can't use you know, anything against you to pull you off the air. He said, you make that about the community and you make the Hour of Power podcast, just give it to them raw. Right. Kind of grown from that because people see different aspects of me. You know, typically I'm kind of calm, but then when I get on my podcast, turn into a different person. I guess I'm got a split personality myself. I don't know. Well, I've looked at both of them and I, I, I can attest to what you're saying. Now, just to remind us again, if we're interested in tuning into the podcast and the mm-hmm. TV show, just remind us again, what are the names and how we can uh, join you? Mm-hmm. Um, so both of them is through uh, Facebook because the um, you would have to be here in York to tune into the um, the uh, what's on cable. That's only so a local. Yeah. We would just look up your name on Facebook. Look up S H A R E E F H A M E E D Sharif Hamid, and then you know it's a pretty public um, channel, and you'll see the podcast. And then, like I said, the Wednesday show comes on every Wednesday at eight p.m. on Facebook Live, and then that local channel. But you would have to be local to mm-hmm. you know that. But most, if I had to give it a guess, I would say ninety to ninety-five percent of my viewers watching on Facebook Live. You know, it's so accessible. You could watch almost anything on your phone. Right, right, right. Now, are you also on other social media outlets as well? Um, no. Yeah. Okay. Just, just Facebook. Now, I do have a YouTube channel. That's mm-hmm. under Hour of Power Sharif Hamid. Um, Hour of Power, then that same name that I gave you. I do have a YouTube channel. But um, since COVID, I haven't used it as much because... I forget the lady's name. She said, if anyone says anything against COVID, she'll block your channel. Yeah, if you say anything that goes against um, uh, COVID health health uh, restrictions, if you say anything like um, use any alternative methods other than traditional methods, mm-hmm. COVID, they said they'll block your channel. That kind of turned me off. So right. I haven't been using much, but... Um, I need to get back on there because I do have people that just um, just watch YouTube. Everyone's not on Facebook. So right. some people That's do. why I was asking because not everybody's on Facebook. So I was just want, asking if you have um, a, an alternative way that people can tune in. So again, thank you so much for the very important work that you're doing because as you know, it seems like the world is in a dark place and it just seems to be getting darker. Now we have to face wildfires and everything else that's going on in the world. But if you were to advise us and, and, and our audience right now, and just in terms of how do you protect your mental health in general, what would you say to us? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say um, if you're not feeling yourself, it's not nothing you know, uh, to take light. Um, it's something that you want to um, address right away because a lot of times it, it, it gets worse before it gets better. And um, unfortunately, you know, mental health, whether it's uh, depression, um, anxiety, whatever, um, they say anything after 21 days becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. It could actually become a part of your DNA. Um, a lot of people struggle with depression early in the morning which uh, makes it difficult for them to move on with their day. Some people just lay in the bed all day. I had to go check on a brother the other day. He wasn't, uh, you know, um, attending, 
you know, our mental health walks. And I'm like, if we can't help this brother, what's the purpose of the group if we're not helping each other? How can we help other people outside? We can't help each other. And um, I had to go check on him. And he was like, I've just been in the bed. You wow. know? Uh, so um, it can actually become a part of your DNA and seem normal. So you want to identify it right away. And if you, if anyone has seen or experienced any um, NA or AA meetings, before they get into any talks, the first thing they do is raise their hand and say, hey, my name is so-and-so. I'm an alcoholic. My name is so-and-so. So they're identifying the problem is when you identify the problem, you're already taking the first one or two steps to healing without even doing anything. So you have to identify it and accept it. And then you start taking, you know, you know, proper steps to, you know, to heal yourself, to get, you know, to get back on track. I often say before you go outside and talk to anyone, open your blinds first thing in the morning. That's what I did to heal myself. Open your blinds first thing in the morning so you can get some of that sunlight. A lot of black people and brown people are vitamin D deficient, you know, mm -hmm. and sunlight, you know, brings about, you know, um, it ignites something in you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, when they're depressed, they're in a, a physical darkness. There are a lot of times it's dark in their house and they're in a mental darkness. So turn them lights on, mm -hmm. you know, drink some, drink some cold water. You know, science is proven if you drink cold water before you go to bed and when you drink, uh, when you wake up, it lubricates your bones and it helps reduce anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. You know, um, those know. are some of the steps I move, I use. Take a walk in the morning. Then you're, you know, you're, um, igniting that serotonin in your brain, which reduces depression, you know, and anxiety. Uh, practice uh, spiritual social distancing. Mm -hmm. I said spiritual social distancing, meaning keep yourself away from toxic people. Oh, so good. So, so good, uh, Brother Sherry. So important. Yeah. Um, healthy people make other people healthy and sick people make other people sick. So, if you're depressed, one of the first things you can do is who is feeding you your energy. Mm -hmm. And if you are being um, around negative people, they're going to drain you like a dead battery. You know, but, if you got but, two batteries the remote, you know, even if one of them is not functioning right, don't you notice the remote won't work right? Mm -hmm. The other one's fully charged, but if the other one has a negative charge to it, the remote won't even work. Brother Sheriff, you are so right. But can I, can I, can I just be devil's advocate for a little bit? How mm -hmm. do you avoid toxic people when they're right in your home? What do you do? <laughs> you said if the toxic people are in your home? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, they need to go. Um, hopefully it's not your, uh, you know, significant other, but negativity doesn't have a name on it. Mm -hmm. So if the negative person is your significant other, brother, sister, or whoever, it doesn't say, oh, well, since I'm related to this person, I'm going to back off with the negativity. It just keeps coming and keeps mm -hmm. coming. And it's like pruning a tree. And when you prune a tree, it don't take no prisoners. If the branch isn't healthy for the tree, that branch got to go mm -hmm. for the tree to grow. So whoever is um, giving you negative energy, negativity doesn't have a name on it. They need to go or they're going to take you down with them. Yes, yeah, so, certainly. Uh, it's a change. It's a reality that many people don't want to face. Mm -hmm. But if you want to move forward again, 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 negativity doesn't have a name on it. 
Right. And this is certainly valuable information that you're, you're providing us because, you know, unfortunately in the black community and even the Caribbean where, where I am from, there just seems to be such a taboo, such a stigma about discussing mental health and just saying in general that you don't feel well and people think that if you're depressed, you can simply shake it off. And mm -hmm. so it's so important that we are having this conversation. But um, if I can, sis, it's, it's historical. Um, a lot of times we will blame things on ourselves and not know the root of it. Um, mm -hmm. If you go historically back to slavery times, um, there were doctors that will go from slave plantation to slave plantation, diagnosing African slaves with fictitious mental health disorders. And I have really? the name of them. One of them is called dreptomania. And dreptomania is a mental health disorder made up by a doctor by the name of Dr. Samuel Cartwright. And it was done to justify slavery. So th these doctors will go from slave plantation to slave plantation in the South, um, making up these fictitious mental disorders to justify the slave master's captivity of us. They would say, look, they need to be here because they cannot survive without white supervision. You're doing the right thing. And one of the mental health disorders was called dreptomania. It is still in the mental health archives of psychiatry. And they said dreptomania, and he totally made this up, this Dr. Samuel Cartwright. He said that um, dreptomania is characterized by slaves who have the uh, propensity to want to run from their master and break their master's property. This is still in the archives of psychiatry. It's called That is unbelievable. I am sitting yeah, here absolutely odd. I, I did not know this. Yes, and you can look it up. His name is Dr. Samuel Cartwright. And he said they will break their master's property and they have the propensity to want to leave, run. Never mind that they kidnapped us out of Africa and had us in captivity. He said them wanting to flee is a mental health disorder. And they would put us in dungeons. They said, see, these N-words are crazy. They're, they're eating the mud and the dirt in the dungeons. But they didn't mention that they were starving. They didn't have nice. nothing else to eat. So they said these were mental health disorders. So I'm saying this, and, it, and I can go deeper in that. And, it, and the book is called The Physical Peculiarities and Differences of the Negro Race. This is this book that this Dr. Samuel Cartwright and other doctors came up with. And what I'm saying is over time, with us being diagnosed with these fictitious diseases, then we became reluctant to want to get help because we were already being uh, diagnosed with fictional diseases. And Absolutely. you know, they say the worst thing that you could say to a black woman is that you're crazy. She said, I'll show you crazy, right? So no one wants those, no one wants those labels attached to them, but it's historical, the reluctance of us getting treatment, getting help, it comes from slavery. Then as time went along, they were always diagnosing us and labeling us with these fictitious uh, diseases, them wanting to uh, take away our credibility by giving us medication and labels that we didn't deserve. Um, this book right here is so powerful, hardly no one knows about it. The it's Project Psychosis. Yeah, Protest Psychosis. The protest how, Psychosis. Yeah, how in the 50s and 60s, um, when we were rising up against oppression here in America, they 
labeled us as schizophrenic to mm. unjustifiably put us into psych wards. Many other brothers and sisters in the Black Panther movement, the Nation of Islam, and other progressive Black movements, the heads of the um, these movements, we saw them, but what about the countless brothers and sisters that was making the engine go, that was snatched off of the streets because of fictitious mental health disorders, they put them in mental institutions. It's an untold, um, it's an untold um, miscarriage of justice that hardly no one talks about. Many of those brothers and sisters were snatched off of the streets. They were put in jail, and then if they would resist, you know, the uh, powers that be in there, they would put them into mental institutions. And this is what this book is about, Protest Psychosis. And you can see it there, how schizophrenia became a black disease. So schizophrenia came here in 1915, supposedly, and most white stay-at-home mothers were the ones that was diagnosed with schizophrenia. They said that these mothers were stuck at home with four or five children as white men would go out and work and it caused them to have to be delusional and to uh, hear auditory voices, which is basically what schizophrenia is, mm -hmm. but mostly white American women were diagnosed with schizophrenia. So how did it become a black disease? Right. America did right. it with the rise of black power and civil rights in the 50s and 60s. They switched it around to take away our credibility because how is someone going to listen to someone that's mentally ill? Right. Um, immediately, when you're uh, um, tagged with that label, it totally takes away your credibility. And, and you know, Brother Sharif, that speaks to so many other important topics because the, the, the false diagnosis and everything else, it leads to a mistrust of the, the health profession in general. And now mm -hmm. we're seeing the results of this because, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of the news, you're hearing that, oh, not enough minority people are signing on for the testing of the vaccines. But just in the examples that you're sharing with us right now, we have a reason to not want mm -hmm. to sign up. It's unfortunate that mm -hmm. we are not signing up because we need to know how these vaccines are potentially going to affect us. But can you really blame us if we don't want to sign up? Right. No, you can't. That's why I said it's historical. But at the same time, we, we can't use that as a total reason not to get mental health. Mental health right. is real. Mm -hmm. And that's why the mental health walk is so uh, powerful because it's something that goes across racial lines. Everyone, no matter your ethnic group or whatever, um, suffers with mental health. They say one out of every four Americans has a diagnosable mental health you know, disorder. Mm -hmm. One out of every four. And I believe that, especially me uh, you know, working in it. So um, whenever America has a, a cold, black people have the flu. So we need, mm -hmm. we, need, we need to address our mental health. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always tell people I believe in witch doctors. I believe in witch doctors. And someone could say, you believe in witch doctors? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Witch, witch doctors? Which doctor are you choosing? That's oh. what I mean by that. Which doctor are you choosing? Are you choosing someone who's just gonna to try to label you with something to give you um, some kind of medication that's going to make your symptoms worse. Because a lot of the medication they prescribe 
the side effects is the reason why you went to them in the first place. Insomnia, uh, suicidal ideation. That's why when you hear those commercials, these, the, uh, what, it, what it does uh, uh, for you, um, they say slow, but what it does to you, they say yes, fast. Yes, I know. I blah, 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 blah. So um, I'm not no doctor, but I would tell people, be careful about just taking some of these medications for your mental health because happiness comes from within. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as taking something external putting it in your mouth and then it's going to give you happiness. Happiness comes from within. Now, if you're a, a threat to yourself or someone else, you may need a pill to calm you down. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. but happiness comes from within. So all of this, you know, trying to take something externally to make you happy from within. Um, that's something that you may need to work out, you know, and, and you also hit the, the nail on the head when you said, for example, if you're depressed, open the windows. There's mm -hmm. a lot that we can do. And even if we're not to the point where we have a diagnosed disorder, but we're just not feeling ourselves. And who could blame us right now with everything mm -hmm. that's going on? But there's certain things that you can do. Don't stay in bed. Force yourself mm -hmm. out of bed. Yeah, you Force to. yourself to take care of your personal hygiene. Mm -hmm. Open the windows, go outside for a walk, eat properly. Yes. Because we have all this time at home and you would be surprised the amount of uh, food delivery cars I see zooming by every day and everybody's at home. So cook mm -hmm. your own food, cook nutritious foods. And like you said, there's a lot that we can do before our first resort is popping a pill. And if you need to pop a pill, I am not opposing that. But how about mm -hmm. starting those simple steps that mm -hmm. can make you feel just a little bit better? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you are you are what you you are what you eat. If you if you eat death, then you know uh, you know he who controls your food controls your thinking. Mm -hmm. Always remember that he who controls your food controls your thinking. So uh, if we eat from the rainbow of food, the real rainbow of food. I guarantee you'll feel better. And each color of the rainbow of food has a different uh, nutritional and mental health value, you know, uh, to it. You know, the red, the green, the yellow, all those different fruits and vegetables has a, uh, its own nutritional benefit and value to it. That a lot of our people, they're not privy, you know, to that science of eating. Mm -hmm. They think eating just for the for the body it is but it's for the mind yeah and too. it's fuel i think of it as fuel yeah. not really um to satisfy the hunger need but what is mm -hmm. going to fuel your body and give you the energy and give you the, the right mind frame and you know the time is spitting by on us but i just wanted you to tell us are there any online mental health resources that you can direct us to um just in terms of um protecting our own mental health mm -hmm. um you know, you know, everything is online now. So if you um, uh, like Google um, a national depression line or anxiety, uh, you'll see all kind of 1-800 numbers um, in your uh, local state, wherever you are, you know, uh, you know, anything with depression and mental health, they have even an emergency hotline, you know, numbers if you're feeling, you know, down. And certainly if you're having uh, suicidal ideation, or if you know of someone having suicidal ideation, they have uh, emergency hotline numbers that you can um, access. They could be, some of them are national and some of them are local, depending where you are. So 
uh, just Google those things, you know, if, um, you know, you need that help and don't be shy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's your, and don't let anyone else tell you how you should feel. Mm -hmm. You know, no one has the right to tell you how you should feel or dictate how you feel. Like, oh, that's not that bad. Well, I, they don't know. Exactly. You know? Well, thank you so much, uh, Brother Sharif. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for enlightening us. And thank you for sharing your mental health expertise with us. Do you have any final words as we get ready to sign off? Uh, just uh, stay, you know, stay healthy. And um, again, don't take, um, you know, your mental health, um, you know, light. You can't put no uh, dollar sign or amount on, you know, feeling well, you know, mentally. Um, you know, if you don't, if you're not in your right mind, you're not in your, you're not going to enjoy yourself and live your life full. So don't take it lightly. Yeah. And if I can just add to that, and you should speak up, especially our black men that, you know, they hold so much in and they're the strength of many of our families that mm. we should encourage them to speak up. And when we say, how are you doing? We should really be prepared to listen to how they're doing. Mm. Yes, Definitely. certainly. So thank you so much for being on Untapped Potential um, today, and I will be sure to continue to follow you on Facebook. Thank you. Thanks you for uh, having me. You are yes, listening to one. Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. Brother Sharif, thank you for stopping by and telling us all about the importance of preserving and maintaining our mental health, especially during this trying time. And, you know, I want us to really pay attention. Uh, many of us have the luxury of having our family members right within our home. So we're able to socialize and connect with other people within our homes. But I also want us to keep in mind that there are a number of people who live alone and especially the elderly who live alone and may need some extra attention, especially during the holidays. And even right here in our neighborhood, we have an example right across the street from us lives an elderly man. He's probably in his upper 70s at this point, and we know that he lives alone. So we are always um, diligent about checking in with him and seeing how he is doing. As a matter of fact, the number one person who usually checks in on him when she is visiting with us is my mom. She um, is very good at checking to see if his red pickup truck is in the driveway, if he's coming and going, or if his truck has been in the driveway for some time without any movement. So we simply reach out to him and see if he's okay. And we will certainly be reaching out to him during the holiday season to ensure that he's okay, he doesn't need anything. So in the same way, keep in mind those in your immediate area or even those who are available by phone, they may not have social media, but they maybe have a landline that you can reach out to them and simply check to see how they are doing uh, to ensure that their needs are being met and that there's a friendly voice at the end of the phone. Because as we know, during COVID-19, no one is supposed to be visiting, especially the elderly. So let's keep that in mind. Now, for the rest of us who have the luxury of uh, technology, we can enjoy connecting through social media. And I especially like the idea of WhatsApp 
groups. Um, by now, just about everyone in the world is on WhatsApp and who, can Im who could have imagined a time where we no longer need to make long distance phone calls. I mean, I've used WhatsApp to call people as far as Africa. So the technology out there is simply amazing. And I am truly very appreciative that we connect with people far and wide, virtually for free at this point. So, uh, you know, I just want to stress the importance of having a good WhatsApp um, group. For example, my family and I have a WhatsApp group where we're able to um, connect with each other each and every day just to say good morning, share a friendly joke, or to share some inspiration. As a matter of fact, my mom just shared a video of a Trinidad uh, company singing a lovely parang music uh, that they did to COVID-19. So that was certainly a very funny video, and I'm sure by now it has completely spread over social media. And I also want to highlight the importance of social media itself. Uh, I think that social media gets a bad rap because a lot of times people see the negative that many people spend many hours simply browsing, doing what I call mindless surfing on social media, looking at other people food and other people's clothing and just not being very productive. But the way I see social media is that it is a tool like every other tool that can be used for good or for bad. It is in the same way that when the internet first became available, Everyone was skeptical. Everybody was, was leery about being on the internet. Do you remember the days when we thought, oh, if we went on the internet, our information would be automatically stolen by criminals and we would be defrauded? But look at it. Now there are measures, there are ways to protect yourself on the internet. So my point here is in the same way that the internet is a tool that can be used for good and for bad, Social media is a tool that can be used for good and for bad. So you can spend endless hours surfing mindlessly, or for example, you can tune into Push Past 10 on Facebook, and you can enjoy the inspirational videos of the, the people we've interviewed for the program. You can enjoy a nice episode of Sassy Nu, which is our cultural program that we do on Saturdays where we talk about culture and we celebrate everything it means to be Dominican. So I want us to think of social media more as an opportunity to connect than as this negative tool that takes up too much of our time. So I'm just trying to think of ways that we can stay connected because as I mentioned before, we are not meant to be isolated. We are meant to live in community and we are meant to socialize. So I just wanted to share that with you. And as a matter of fact, I think that this is such an important topic that I went ahead and looked up some more information of how to cope emotionally during the time of COVID and the holidays. So I'll go ahead and share this with you right now. It is a news report on the importance of coping strategies during COVID-19. So take a look. Celebrating the holidays during COVID-19 will be tough for many of us this year. 
The CDC has already said that people should avoid getting together with anyone outside of their household. And potential stay-at-home orders could make things even more difficult as people are separated, physically at least, from their loved ones. For more on this, I want to bring in Paul Gianfrido. He's the president and CEO of Mental Health America. Thank you, Paul, for being with us. The pandemic has forced many of us to break social norms and traditions. With the holiday season approaching, what kinds of issues are you seeing more? We're seeing more anxiety than ever before. We're seeing more depression than ever before. We're even seeing increases in serious mental health conditions like psychosis than ever before. There's been a big strain that this pandemic has put on all of us, and we need to recognize that. Well, getting together with extended family at the holidays is really important for a lot of us, but we're being told not to do it. How does that add to what is already, for many people, a stressful season? Yeah, uh, typically we can use other people. We're social animals, and we can use other people to get a lift. And certainly being able to see our family members and other people we love and being able to touch family members and people we love is really terribly important to us. And when we can't do that, uh, it makes it so much tougher to deal with holidays and to deal with uh, any kinds of things that we're dealing with. So we have to recognize that, that these holidays this year are just different from what we've experienced before and recognize that we're all going through the same thing right now. Well, it can be difficult to recognize when we or our loved ones are having a hard time. What should people watch out for in their own behavior or in the behavior of people that they care about? Well, the first thing is to just recognize that, that everybody right now is feeling nervous. Everybody's feeling worried about what's going on. And the question is, is, you know, when is that worry transforming to something more serious like anxiety or depression? And it can be different for, for anybody because most of the time, the, the first signs and symptoms we have of these conditions aren't external ones. They aren't things that we notice in other people. Uh, there are things that really we notice in ourselves first. We may be feeling more withdrawn. We may be seeing our, our schedule change that, you know, we're not able to sleep as well. We're not able to eat the same way. You know, we've lost appetite. We have too much of appetite. What I say is we shouldn't have to guess about those things. You know, Mental Health America, for example, we offer free anonymous online mental health screens, the very same ones that most clinicians use. And you can just go online and in five minutes take a mental health screen and, and get an answer as to what's going on and then get some resources that, that can help you. But I, I think the critical thing is not to, not to guess too much and, and to remember that while everybody is feeling this, that once in a while, we can just get a sense that it's a little more than uh, we would normally feel and maybe something we ought to deal with. Hmm. Well, what do you recommend to head off issues or to cope with them when people recognize that they are in fact struggling? I think people should do things that have always given them joy and comfort. You know, a lot of us, you know, get put a lot of pressure on ourselves and say, well, you know, let me do something, you know, different that I've never done before. And uh, and and that's the way I'll, I'll create a new tradition this way. And times like this, uh, you know, often it's the the old things that give us joy and comfort uh, that, that make the most difference for us. It doesn't put extra pressure on us to to try something new. And it's it's something that we already know is, is beneficial and, and can make us feel good. So I really encourage people to think about those things that make them feel good, and, and particularly for younger people, because you know I think younger people are feeling the effects of this more than anybody, but, uh, but certainly across all age groups. 
and uh, and just do those things that, that that make you feel good about yourself and and feel good about others. That's a good point, Paul. Um, you know, the other, on the other hand, uh, I've reported on people starting Christmas earlier, starting all their holiday decorations. I'll confess, my tree is already up. <laughs> But um, that, that is also a way that people have been coping with it. Uh, what do you make of, of that reaction that we're seeing, not just from my household, but uh, from so many people across the nation, sort of a jumpstart on the holidays to try and infuse joy into what can otherwise be a, a stressful time? Yeah, I, I think that's that's certainly one thing. You know, you, you like that tree. You know, get the tree up, and uh, you know, you like the outside lights. We put our outside lights up uh, starting this week. You know, do that. I, you know, I, I'm a Christian, but I look forward to to Hanukkah and donuts, and so I've already marked, you know, December 11th on my calendar to go out and get donuts. So. Uh, yeah, nothing wrong with taking advantage of these these seasons and uh, and using the seasons uh, to feel good about what's going on, feel good about ourselves. Nothing wrong with that at all. Good advice. I'm going to celebrate all the holidays <laughs> this yeah, season. All right, Paul Gianfrido, thank you. Thank you. And if you or someone you know is in need of emotional support, the Lifeline Network is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There is no shame in it. Call 1-800-273-8255 to speak with someone. That's 800-273-TALK, or you can find them at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Well, guess who's in town? It ain't Santa. It's the rough and ready band and friends rocking you. I hope you found the information useful and you will take a look at some of the resources that is mentioned from this CBS report on mental health, uh, emotional support during the holiday season. So it looks like our time is quickly coming to a close and I am happy that you were able to spend this time with me. I know you must be busy either finishing up on work or helping the kids with uh, some schoolwork if uh, your kids are still in school because for example, Sophia gets the entire week off for Thanksgiving. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but she gets the entire week off for Thanksgiving. So she's on a nice long break for the Thanksgiving holiday. So again, thank you for spending the time, whether you've been trying to help your kids with some final assignments for the week, or you're in the middle of preparing dinner, driving from work. Just thank you for being here, for spending this time with me and for uh, being part of this community of untapped potential right here on TDN Radio. So next week, we are back at it again. Uh, our guest next week will be Mr. Charles Singleton, and he serves two important functions in our community. He is an excellent legal mind. He is an attorney, and he's also a spiritual advisor. He's a, he's a minister. 
So he will be back. We're going to continue along the path of spiritual enrichment during this holiday time. So he will be back to give us some legal advice as well as uh, sharing some spiritual upliftment with us next week. So I hope that you will come back. If this was your first time joining us, I hope that we've convinced you that this is a community that you should be a part of. And we also want to remind you that once we log off here on Untapped Potential at 6.30 p.m., we continue our virtual support community through Facebook. So you can check us out at Push Past 10, P-U-S-H, P-A-S-T, the number 10, one word, on Facebook for more support, more um, connections, more community. And of course, everything you need to know about our program and the work that we do is available on our website, pushpast10.com. So again, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T, the number 10.com for the podcast of this program and the podcast of prior um, episodes of the program, as well as the video interview um, for the programs. And there's also a link to our YouTube channel because guess what? <laughs> the website has become quite crowded with all the videos. So rather than trying to upload all those videos to the website, we now have a connection to our YouTube channel. So again, our community continues to grow. We continue to blossom and it is wonderful to be a part of this community where we get to connect each and every week as we learn and grow together. So again, thank you for being here. Thank you for spending some time with us. If you're up here in the US, um, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Let's remember to to be mindful and stay socially responsible to each other, but celebrate, celebrate, celebrate Thanksgiving with your family because despite everything that is going on, we still have so much to be grateful for. And this is the time of year that we celebrate gratitude. So without further ado, um, let's wrap up the program. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to Christmas. So Christmas is not Christmas for me without some good Dominica. Christmas music. So we will end the program with this number from the Rough and Ready Band out of Dominica, um, A Christmas Treat for You. So as always, in parting, we say your life story is your strength. Remember to tap into your potential each and every day and remember to stay strong, stay positive, stay active, and stay engaged. And as always, I will see you right back here next Tuesday. 5.30 Eastern Time on TDN Radio. My name is Dr. Simone and it's been a pleasure. Well, guess who's in town? It ain't Santa. It's the Rough and Ready Band and Friends rocking you, jamming you, pushing you into the right direction.
Celebrating Christmas, celebrating conscious of the sun. 